Welcome to this week's edition of Radioactive Magazine on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio, with this week's host, Dave Mitchell. Tonight, our guest is Mike Kelly, Chairman of the Board of County Commissioners of Johnson County, Kansas. Prior to his election in 2023 as Chair of the Board of County Commissioners of Johnson County, Kansas, Mike served as the Mayor of Roland Park, Kansas, and co-founded Climate Action Kansas City in 2018. Perhaps the signature achievement of CAKC was collaborating with the Mid-America Regional Council on creation of the Kansas City Regional Climate Action Plan, which we will be discussing. David, thank you very much. It's great to be back. Uh, appreciate you having me. Okay, really, really great to have you on. Uh, just uh, to get started here, could you just share with our listening audience a little bit about your own history in terms of how you became aware of the climate crisis and your sense of urgency regarding uh, that crisis? Well, I've always been an advocate for the environment uh, just in my day-to-day -day life, being raised in the beautiful heartland here. Um, I was a Boy Scout, and uh, one of the messages that was always given to us was to leave it better than how you found it. So that's been always important to me, and uh, I've also been lucky enough to um, be able to earn a college degree and then a, a law degree. And so uh, trying to keep abreast of the uh, the world around us uh, has been important. And so obviously the, the climate crisis was uh, something that I uh, continued to study with, uh, with fear and uh, with uh, anxiety like, like many have and, and continue to do so. Uh, which is one of the reasons uh, I chose to uh, run for office back in 2017. Uh, we realized very quickly that at the time there was no real federal leadership on the issue and the state legislatures had advocated uh, a lot of its responsibilities uh, given the, the fate of the uh, state with the change in climate. So we knew that local elected officials had a great opportunity to focus on many things that would have an immediate impact on not only the personal health and the financial stability of communities facing mitigation and adaptation problems, but um, we also realized that a lot of the great things that we needed to do to do our part under the Paris Climate Accord or, or other targets really uh, fell to that local level of government. It's the layer of government that's close to the people it's one where you can roll up your sleeves and get something done. Uh, and more so, um, it's a, an area of government that's focused on uh, on people uh, and not partisanship. So uh, we found that very encouraging. And I say we because uh, it wasn't just me. I had, um, in being involved in my community, met a lot of great like-minded like people who were either in the cities of Mission or Shawnee or Kansas City, Missouri or Smithville or other uh, other places around the metro region. And we all took the opportunity to try to run for local office to be able to impact folks uh, directly that we see every day. And once uh, a lot of us were elected in 2017, we wanted to study all of the policy considerations or actions that local governments could take which eventually led to uh, the formation of, of Climate Action KC. Um, 
And from there, uh, we were able to uh, encourage other local elected officials, not who didn't share our passion because they did, there just didn't seem to be an easy one-stop shop or guide for local electeds on what they could be doing right now to ease folks' climate anxiety, but also to make some real tangible benefits in people's day-to-day lives. So we put together what we climate action playbook, and within that playbook, we uh, put a a list of uh, forty things that local governments could do right now, with no authority necessary from either the federal or state government that was going to have a demonstrable impact on our local communities, and that was great. And a lot of work continued, but. We also recognized very quickly that the air that we breathe and the water that we drink didn't stop at our preordained jurisdictional boundaries. We were in this together, just like the Blue River that flows between uh, Missouri and Kansas. uh, We knew that our economic fates were tied. So we realized that if we were going to make significant progress for our region, that we had to go at it it together. And the first thing we needed was a, a baseline. And so to do that, we worked to form the Kansas City Regional Climate Action Plan. And David, as you know, that's a whole interview in and of itself of how that was able to be. But uh, we're proud of the efforts. And now that we have that plan in place, uh, and more so the uh, various strategies within the, the the plan that shows how we can meet uh, our um our announced climate goals, so net zero by 2050, but also net zero uh, local governments by 2030 and net zero generation by 2035. So, well, I, yeah, the, the climate plan is really, it's, it's quite extensive. And uh, yeah, for anybody, uh, anybody uh, out there that you want to check it out, uh, just go to the Mid-America Regional Council website and uh, take a look at it. Uh, I think the, the, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of that plan, um, how do you uh, how has uh, how has Johnson County been uh, using the, uh, the the regional climate action plan uh, to interact with that plan, or or what what are our, uh, a few initiatives that that Johnson County is doing to sort of uh, be part of that uh, planning process? Well, first of all, just a very close participation and partnership with Climate Action KC uh, and the Mid-America Regional Council. Once we had the plan in place, the the goal was to make sure that there was a working group that uh, helped prioritize what steps would be taken regionally and what focuses uh, we would have as a region, not just on any particular organization, uh, so that we can move further uh, more effectively together. And that Climate Environment Council had, um, I think, over 100 applications of folks who are either professionals in the field or work for various local governments or uh, uh, in nonprofits that focus on one uh, area or another uh, of mitigation or adaptation. And so Johnson County's we have several employees on that climate uh, and environment council, but also we we realized where the big rocks were just from the climate action plan. 
within the climate action plan, we realized that 63% of the emissions that come from our region are come from our built structures. Uh, and then another large portion was transportation. So we made sure that those were areas of real focus. Working with the Building Energy Exchange, which is another initiative of Climate Action KC, um, we worked towards uh, looking at what the low-hanging fruit was for our buildings, whether that be a tighter building envelope or ED lighting. This was really quick return things and made those a standard process within Johnson County. We also are, are working with BNIM on a building uh, process uh, in plan for our new structures to make sure that we are taking advantage of the known best technologies now so that these structures that we put in place that are gonna be here in 2060 and 2070 are gonna not only withstand the test of time and be a good value for the people of Johnson County, but they're gonna use less energy. They're gonna provide a healthy uh, building environment uh, and they're gonna do better by the environment. We have uh, several new buildings uh, uh, that are meeting LEED standards. And I'm hoping in the near future that we'll move towards uh, one of our investments trying to meet the living building challenge. Is it Johnson County that uh that has jurisdiction over building codes, or is it uh, is it the individual cities that, that have that control? There's plenty of buildings that are outside of any particular uh, jurisdiction uh, that would fall to the county. There are funds available under the Climate Pollution Reduction Grants or the Inflation Reduction Act, by which cities could start educating themselves on the opportunities for better building codes, better building processes. Uh, and then um, there's opportunities for implementation help as well. We, we really have a moment here, David, and I know that you know that, and none of those who listen to your, your program understand that there's never been a federal investment into the climate like there is right now. We're starting to see a little bit of a trickle in, but the floodgates are about to, to open. Uh, we are, are really excited in Johnson County. And so Johnson County, Mid-America Regional Council, and, and others are trying to be very intentional about making sure that, that we meet the moment with either the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Funds or the uh, Energy and Efficiency Conservation Block Grants um, or, or other programs that'll help us, uh, whether it be within the Department of Energy, whether it be within the EPA, whether it be within the Department of Transportation. There's really so many opportunities right now that it's a bit of a daunting challenge in and of itself, coordinating these efforts. But if we're gonna make serious progress towards our climate goals, now is really the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, The uh, for uh, our listening audience out there, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed in uh, 2022 and it provides uh, billions of dollars uh, for in the form of uh, various funding mechanisms and tax credits to develop a, a clean energy economy. It, it really is huge. And and I know one of the uh, one of the projects in Johnson County is the uh, Panasonic uh, EV plant out there in uh, DeSoto, Kansas. And <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, uh, nationally, the, the IRA has, the Inflation Reduction Act has uh, 
uh, has instigated a, a wide variety of projects in 31 states, created over 100,000 jobs nationally. Uh, and uh, that EV plant out there in uh, DeSoto, Kansas, uh, initiated by Panasonic, is a beneficiary of $6.8 billion in IRA funds, and it's creating uh, 16,500 construction jobs and 4,000 permanent jobs. Uh, Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that plant and, uh, sure. and any other related projects that might be going on? Absolutely. And it, it, it's a real catalytic opportunity. <laughs> the states. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, I, Panasonic's investment of close to $5 billion is the largest investment by a private company in the history of the state of Kansas. To have that and the 4,000 jobs that come with it in Johnson County would be good enough for its own sake. But the fact that Panasonic as a company uh, has a pillar of sustainability uh, and that their battery power will help us with a transition to electric vehicles and just more electrification generally and battery storage power uh, means it's going to help lead us to uh, reach our climate goals. But more so, it attracts other businesses and supply chain partners that are also in the green economy, bringing good green collar jobs to our region, uh, whether it be down in Gardner or out in Liberty uh, and everywhere in between. The suppliers um, and partners for the Panasonic project are, are coming to our region uh, and bringing with them some really amazing opportunities. Uh, and so we're very excited for that. We know that that's also a, a significant change for the city of DeSoto and these old Sunflower Army ammunition plant, which used to be a munitions factory back in World War II and the Vietnam War era, and has required significant mediation uh, and uh, remedy to uh, get that land to a place where we could welcome a project like this uh, and others. But uh, we're, we're excited for, for what, what's to come out there and excited also about that, how uh, the partnership with our, our parks department uh, and others on what could be really a green triangle for our region. Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, just as, uh, that that kind of project, and as well as all the other projects uh, around the nation, is just uh, very economically economically stimulative. And and I think uh, a related uh, a related thing to uh, producing EV batteries is is the need to create a, a national EV charging network. Is Johnson County able to access those funds from the bipartisan infrastructure law or the IRA to uh, develop the, an EV charging network in Johnson County? So the short answer is yes. And that's one of the things that's so exciting about the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, we, we've been dabbling in uh, electrification of our county for a while. And we have uh, 
run into a bit of the chicken and egg situation that others have have felt uh, not having the charging network that would really provide enough confidence for some folks uh, about the ability to to charge all the the fleet vehicles that that would need to be charged and uh, so there was a little bit of hesitance in putting in a hard and fast policy about the transition of certain vehicles to uh, electric uh, vehicles. But with this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, we've already seen partnership with Johnson County government and six of its municipalities uh, for additional infrastructure for EV charging at public facilities. Uh, and that's a great first step. Uh, it's not by any means the, the only step we're taking. Johnson County is undertaking a strategic process this year to fully plan for and also establish a timeline for a EV charging network throughout Johnson County. And this is moving in a parallel path with a similar project at the Mid-America Regional Council. But it's not just the public institutions that are, are working on this. Uh, you know, the private sector is coming in as well. Uh, one wow. of the initiatives that I hope that you hear with, uh, uh, hear about coming up in the next few months is what's going to be called Plug-in KC. Plug-in KC is a new initiative by Climate Action KC. Uh, our goal is to scale up both the electric vehicle market and that EV charging infrastructure that's needed to support the transformation, not only in the public, but also in the, the private sector. We understand the benefits of doing that. EVs, as you mentioned, have zero tailpipe emissions. They're much better for the environment. The cost uh, is cheaper than gasoline. Um, as the grid gets cleaner and cleaner, uh, we know that EVs are gonna be a cleaner transportation option that helps us meet our uh, our goals as a region. But the increase in market demand also will hopefully continue to bring high paying jobs in the region. You mentioned Panasonic, but, but others as well. Um, we're excited about bringing opportunities for folks to help find the electrical vehicle that uh, works for them to be able to uh, help folks uh, test drive electric vehicles uh, and then really coordinate the charging network that's going to be necessary. But in Johnson County, for example, um, the Inflation Reduction Act allows us as a government entity to take the same rebate that the private sector would be able to take. Over the life cycle of the vehicle, uh, you're able to show that it's significantly cheaper. And you know, part of it's also education. You're going to hear the same old tropes about EVs and, oh, they don't work in the wintertime and, oh, they have so many more maintenance problems. And those have all been debunked. And so making sure that we can get good information out there, have an honest conversation about the transition. Uh, I'm excited for what plug-in case he's going to be able to do with that. Is, is there a website uh, that our listeners could go to to check that out? So uh, there will be a link off of climateactionkc.com here in the near future. The website's in the final beta stages. And uh, as soon as it's available, David, I'll make sure you have it. 
rewiringamerica.org uh, has a wealth of information on uh, all sorts of uh, rebates and uh, uh, tax credits. Is Evergy participating actively with Johnson County and, and other governments uh, in creating a larger, more comprehensive EV network here in the region? Yeah, they they are. And Evergy is a partner with Plug-in KC. And uh, I appreciate their uh, support for those uh, initiatives. We know that um, Evergy needs to be able to provide 24-7 power to, to folks in our region, especially as we're continuing to see more of the dramatic impacts of a changing climate. The extreme cold we just had here uh, in January, the extreme heat that we're seeing in other parts of our uh, region. So um, Evergy is a key partner to making sure that we can provide uh, either heating or cooling as necessary to keep people in our, our region safe. Uh, we also understand that they're our biggest opportunity to help move quicker towards uh, our uh, environmental goals in terms of the uh, split of energy generation moving towards more carbon-free sources. And there's a balance there, right? Uh, yeah. We want Evergy to be a partner and we're gonna continue pushing them and we'll continue working with all of those at the table. Another question here. One of the issues in, in developing a, a clean energy uh, region is the development of green infrastructure. And and I know uh, I know, and uh, when we uh, ran into each other briefly uh, prior to uh, this interview, you were talking about uh, an initiative or two uh, uh, as far as green infrastructure goes in Johnson County. Could you talk about that a little bit, Mike? So obviously, green infrastructure is going to be key to our ability to meet the meet the moment. And, you know, as a Johnson County uh, native, uh, you know, I've seen how this community can come together and grow, uh, especially when there's great opportunity. Uh, so uh, we want to make sure that we're doing our part to help with uh, infrastructure. You, you know, we mentioned EV charging infrastructure. That's going to be incredibly important. Uh, and so we're going to have time and investment on that but uh, we also want to make sure that we're investing in uh, green infrastructure like uh, uh, ener energy generation where it's appropriate uh, i think there in, in not just green energy infrastructure um, but uh, uh, making sure we're also protecting the abilities that we have to uh, put uh, carbon back into the soil through sequestration. Johnson's just an amazing organization that, that really does have a sustainable focus. We have 10,000 acres of parkland in Johnson County. Because of the uh, advent of the uh, sunflower transition and Panasonic's uh, move into the DeSoto region, there's going to be an additional 2,000 acres of parkland that are going to be dedicated to the Johnson County Parks and Recreation Department. 
increasing our parkland opportunity by 20%. Um, we're going to work to make sure that a good portion of that is native restoration, making sure that in Kansas, the blue stem flows and that there are deep roots. Uh, and so protecting those opportunities is incredibly important to Johnson County and one that we have a history of uh, investment within uh, and something that we're going to work on uh, moving forward. The other part of that is making sure also that we can uh, support those uh, manicured parklands with um, good organic material. So one of the uh, opportunities we have is to work with partners to increase utility scale composting within our region and then utilize JCPRD and other uh, public works and parks departments across our region as customers for this quality organic material that also will be diverted from landfills. Um, and we all know the impact that that can have on the environment as well. So uh, luckily, uh, that's been a focus of Johnson County for a while and green infrastructure will, will remain a priority. Well, that's uh, it, it, green infrastructure is, is definitely uh, an issue close to my heart. And I really do feel that, that uh, every city uh, has to develop uh, an extremely robust green infrastructure, uh, uh, not only for uh, environmental reasons, but also for aesthetic reasons. I think uh, in, in, in closing, Mike, I, I think uh, how do you... Uh, how do you envision uh, Johnson County, say, 15 or 20 years from now? David, I, as always, appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you and your listeners, and I hope you'll have me back on as we continue to try to make progress. But, you know, really, the vision is a resilient, equitable, and inclusive community, one that continues to thrive. You know, Johnson County's got an incredible foundation um, that didn't happen by accident. It's also not guaranteed. It's going to take time, dedication, effort, and innovation to make sure that we're providing better opportunities for my kids than that were provided to me. But we know that Johnson County is also a leader. And we know that regions, municipalities, really across the country are going to look to Johnson County as a leader for that innovation, for its govern governance, and hopefully for its sustainability. We want to lead a prosperous green economy, a healthy natural environment, but also unlock the co-benefits that come with taking these opportunities for our region. Uh, public health, quality of life, uh, all of the things that are our hallmarks to Johnson County. Um, we wanna protect those and enhance those um, with a sustainable future. So that's what I hope to see. Well, Mike, uh, you know, thanks so much for being on Radioactive Magazine today. Uh, uh, for our listeners out there, you've been listening to uh, Radioactive Magazine on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. And uh, Mike, thanks so much for being on the show.